I would like to acknowledge that the land that this podcast is recorded on is the traditional lands of the Ghana people. I would like to acknowledge that the traditional owners of these lands are still the custodians of this region and that their cultural and heritage beliefs are still as important to them today. We recognise that simply acknowledging country does nothing to give the land back to its traditional owners. We strive towards reconciliation for all Australians and we recognise that reconciliation starts by acknowledging, understanding and educating ourselves on the past in order to work towards making a better future. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello and welcome to Bright Psych with Danny, where we talk mental health, learning and everything in between. Although we will be chatting about psychology and well-being, the content of this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute therapy, nor is this podcast intended as a substitute for professional mental health or medical care. Please seek assistance from a qualified mental health or medical professional to obtain advice or psychological treatment that is tailored to your specific needs. Thank you for tuning in to Bright Psych with Danny this week. Today, we have part two of our two-parter on emotional resilience. For those of you who missed part one of this episode, a couple weeks ago, we introduced the concept of emotional resilience. That is, the ability to be able to bounce back after periods of emotional adversity. We talked a bit about the research that has been conducted in the field of emotional resilience and how exposure to mild controlled distress that is appropriate for that individual's developmental age can help to build emotional resilience. This is how we can actually start to build strength through adversity. So if you haven't listened to part one already, I highly recommend that you jump back one episode to get some extra context for today. Today, we're going to explore what emotionally resilient people do. Does our mindset play a role? What are some of the things that we can inadvertently do that might self-sabotage our attempts to get through tough times? And how can we start to role model behaviors and use language to build emotional resilience in our young people? Our special guest for our two-part episode is Claire, who is an educator, mother, and all-round incredible human being. She's been kind enough to share with us her journey through adversity and how she's been able to get to where she is today and foster resilience in herself and her children. So let's jump straight in. We're going to be talking now about some real life adversity Mm. and how we've gotten through it. Well, not me, you, Claire, how you have gotten through it. As much as you're happy sharing with us, yeah. tell us about some of the the more adverse things that you've had to go through recently in mm-hmm. life and how you've gotten to the other side and what you've done. Sure. Um, so I think, yeah, the biggest and most significant adversity for me was coming out of a marriage and I guess learning how to mm. be a single parent. And yeah. I think the ages of the children when that was happening as well, like, yeah. One was a baby and one was a toddler, so very so um, consumed in in their care and, yeah. you know, not that you wouldn't be if they were older, mm. but just in terms of, you know, Just their vulnerability and, yeah, and vulnerability. it's like they're literally relying on you. Yeah, definitely. For, yeah. And I think actually the timing of that was probably really great in helping me get through it because I had that 
external motivation like mm. you have to do this because you don't have a choice you don't have a choice yeah. yeah you just have to do it yeah so I think throwing myself into therapy mm-hmm. going to someone a professional that could hold the space for me to yes. be able to be vulnerable and and have moments where I could break down or and then talk about what kind of tools and strategies I could use at that time mm-hmm. um or just how to <laughs> you know, move moment to moment yes. and and be practical in how to live in this new lifestyle, yeah. new way of living. And such a huge change. Massive change. Yeah. And it wasn't even just the practical change of, of how life looked now. I mm-hmm. think it's more the you're also holding all of that processing of that trauma and yes. the grief of of what you're saying goodbye to. And I guess the grief also of processing what you had anticipated would be totally the trajectory that you were on yeah. and that being completely not at derailed. all. <laughs> yeah, not at all that anymore. Yeah. Ooh, things that got me through that time, yeah, definitely having the space to be able to mm. talk to someone about it. Yeah. I think just putting my self-care above yeah. everything else. Yeah. Um, you know, that. I wouldn't be able to successfully take care of the children if I wasn't even, you know, just a little bit topped up. Yeah, um, you can't look after other people if you're not able to look after yourself. Yeah, You've yeah. You've got to do those things that make you feel human yeah. enough to, human. to look after other humans. Yeah, and I think as well during that time it was that identity shift of, what does life look like now? Yeah. Who who am I now? Yeah. Are my interests still the same? Yeah. Um, I guess it was, yeah, a big awakening period yes. in all the categories, segments of, of life. So really scheduling in time to sit with myself and things like journaling, yes. moving my body, like mm-hmm. dance and music was a huge yeah. and still is a huge yeah. part of my well-being strategy and the one thing that I notice about you Claire is that you take time to to express gratitude about things in your life even when things aren't going well for you you try to find the good things that are going on for you and that's something that I've noticed that your children have taken on as well Mm. which is which makes them so beautiful and resilient and yeah. incredible is that they do the same because yeah. you're the, you're an amazing role model for expressing Thank gratitude you. in not so great times. Yeah, and then it's, you're tr- it's true. They're so great at being mm-hmm. able to articulate and find mm-hmm. things that they are you know, authentically, genuinely grateful for. Yeah, and that could be something as hilarious as I had, you know pasta sauce on my pasta and it was awesome or or, I wrote a unicorn in my mind that sounds wonderful (laughs) yeah I think I I saw one of the notes that one of your kids had written things about like what they're what they're grateful for and one of them was unicorns and I was like that's that's beautiful it's so wholesome. <laughs> yeah, gratitude is is a massive tool, and I think mm. yeah, making it a part of your daily practice. Like yeah. I wouldn't say we do it every day because no. life is, yeah. is flexible and yeah. changing. But almost every evening we have a chat or write down things that we are grateful for that day, and it's yeah. usually just just focusing on one thing, or yeah. there might be multiple that you 
feel like sharing that day. But yeah. It sounds as though you, during those really dark times for you, it sounds as though you were able to kind of almost call yourself out a little bit and be like, Absolutely. hey, I need to take some control. I do still have a choice. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you able to talk about particular times at all where you were really indulging those dark moments and kind of at what point were you able to pick up on? Mm, yeah, totally. Able to call oh, yourself out. Many, many moments, yeah. Danny. <laughs> uh, but I can remember one in particular. We're living near the beach at the time and just being in the ocean and having that thought mm. it was a reoccurring thought of just yeah. like I just can't do this yeah. I just can't do this yeah and I just dumped my head onto the the water and had a good scream into the ocean nice. and came back up and just looked at my children and was like okay you just have to like yeah. just leave that in there yeah today's gonna be fun yeah make it fun for them yeah it'll be fun for you too you've just got to do this like this is this is how it is now yeah this is reality. Yeah. And it's that reality acceptance that can mm. be really, really tricky. It's a it's a huge journey yeah. to have to go on. Yeah. And, you know, we have those times where we completely battle reality. Yes. And it's it only makes it painful for ourselves yeah, when we absolutely. battle reality. Yeah. Things like, you know, this isn't this isn't fair. Like it's not what I was expecting yeah. to happen. Like, why me? Why, why, why? did this happen? Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. it's the only thing that achieves is is making things more distressing for ourselves. Yeah. And reality acceptance is probably one of the hardest things to do and it takes time. And it's about, I guess, balancing your own emotions and going through and feeling those emotions and not mm. battling those emotions, allowing them to be dunking your head underwater and screaming, yeah. <laughs> expressing, it. expressing yeah. it and then making an active choice as to what you're going to do next. Am I yeah. going to take a step that's going to be productive for me today? Yeah. Or am I going to make the choice to, a choice. Yeah. yeah, to be self, you know, self, I don't know, what's the word? Really indulge. Yeah. That I was thinking indulge as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, and like you were talking about before, resilience is mm. is a muscle, and I noticed that in my journey. Like yes. the more I practiced, whatever the tool was, the yeah. acceptance yes. of the situation, the more I surrendered to that yeah. and focused on the positives, or yes. found things to be grateful for, or mm. expressed the not so great feelings mm. that I didn't enjoy yeah. wallowing in. Yeah, the more I let that kind of be expressed and and it shifted and moved the easier it became to do that each time it got shorter and shorter and I could my awareness was more I would pick up things in my body like shifts in my body before it became that overwhelming Mm. feeling of yeah 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 and I believe that is the the correct (laughs) (laughs) and yeah and it's interesting because it's not saying that we're not allowed to indulge in self-pity yeah that is such an important part of the journey yeah I don't think if I I hadn't processed and expressed those things they'd probably still be popping up now I had to feel them and move through them absolutely to to have them change and evolve Mm. into different emotions and feelings and thoughts yeah thank you so much for Mm, that's all right for sharing that with us we're going to talk a little bit more now about what do resilient people generally do Mm. in case we haven't made it clear enough today the concept is that pain is unavoidable Mm -hmm. we're going to have painful periods in our life we can't shelter ourselves from experiencing pain it's it's going to happen 
suffering is part of life, tough times come. And it's it's about accepting that thought that or that belief. It's about accepting that, yes, painful things are going to happen in my life mm. and I have to get through it and it's going to be hard. And so and there's potentially a lot of growth. And there is, a, yeah, there is a lot yeah. of growth through those yeah. times and that's how we become even more emotionally resilient mm. as well. And that's one of the first things that emotionally resilient people do is they accept the fact that tough times are going to happen and we accept that tough times hurt and that it's part of life. And so I was watching a TED Talk recently where a psychology researcher was talking about how we kind of live in the day and age now Mm -hmm. where we see a lot of things on social media and a lot of the things that we do see on social media is this this lie of a perfect life reality yeah reality yeah yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. and so we have this perfect narrative that's coming from social media Mm. where again it's that that highlight reel that we talk about where we only see the good things happening and we think that this is normal and we think that this is the normal trajectory that people go on everything, yeah. sunshine, daisies, unicorns, yeah. fairy dust. <laughs> and so that's what resilient people do is that, you know, we are going to feel unpleasant emotions. They know that they're going to be painful and that we have to face them mm. and we have to get through it. Yeah. 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 So the second thing that emotionally resilient people do is that they become really good at seeing a situation holistically. Mm. And so they can look at that situation realistically and they tend to focus on the things that they can change and the things that they can control. Mm. And then they practice accepting the things that they can't change and accepting the things that they can't control. Yeah. Yeah. And so don't get me wrong, it's pretty normal for people to fight reality. You know, those, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> those thoughts that we were having before, it's yeah. like, why me? Like, yeah. why is this happening? Like, this isn't fair. Like, it's totally normal. Yeah. And we, we know that battling reality makes it more painful for ourselves. Mm. And so that's what emotionally resilient people do is they figure out, okay, what can I change? What can I control? I'm going to focus on that. Mm. And I have to accept the things that... I can't. Yeah. 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 Because otherwise we're just hurting ourselves. Yeah. And so I think about a situation I was in about six months ago. Mm. I was driving along Panalatinga Road. It's like an Mm -hmm. 80 kilometer an hour. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so I pulled out of a side street. There was plenty of room. Mm-hmm. but then there was someone who came roaring up that road that would have been going so fast and then they decided to change lanes and swerve in behind me and just started tailgating me okay not sure why and it was kind of intimidating so uh-huh. what I did is I just indicated I pulled over and just hoping that they'd just go past like go away leave me alone yeah. and but then they pulled over as well Ooh. And then they got out of their car. I'm like, ah, uh, no. no. I thought <laughs> I was like, to let you get, get on you your go. way. You're I clearly know. in a I know. really yeah. big hurry. He's in, it. He's, in a bit, he's in a bit of a mood. And so I was just like, yeah, nah. And I just like drive off. He like comes speeding up behind me again. And we do this like three times. And oh, by, the, by the third time, I'm like bawling my eyes out, just scream like, oh, you know where I'm going. <laughs> and um, so then I was lucky enough to then like just pull him to the Bunnings on Pamela Tingaro. Mm-hmm. So like pulled into there and then he like just drove off but I was distraught I was shaking I was scared that he was going to get out of his car or just like ram me with Mm -hmm. his car and And so in that moment I was obviously really really distressed I was Mm -hmm. on the phone to my husband he came to pick me up because I was like too shaky to drive and Mm -hmm. picked up my car later when I was feeling a lot more calm Mm -hmm. and so what 
we can learn from that situation is I was angry. By the end of the day, I was angry. I was so upset. I'm like, why me? Why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. How dare you? (laughs) And so I was battling reality Mm -hmm. while he was probably going on, you know, with his merry little day. And by me being angry and bitter about the situation, it's just making me more yeah distressed him yeah Yeah. exactly and so it's about accepting the reality of what has happened has happened Mm -hmm. it's not about liking it it's not about approving about what had happened it's about just being like okay well that happened that happened (laughs) I need to move forward from Mm -hmm. this situation otherwise I'm just going to be torturing myself yeah so that's one example of acceptance another thing that resilient people do they look at things holistically. So they see the positives and the negatives of a mm-hmm. situation. And so we're kind of battling biology here, though, because our brains are hardwired to look out for threats in our environment. Yeah. So yeah. we've kind of got this negativity bias kind of already built into us. So if you think about it, like you're going to learn more from your environment by noticing the eyes of the wolf that's hiding in the shadows gotcha. yeah. than the pretty blue butterfly that's floating past, <laughs> yeah. like, you're going to survive if you notice the threats in your surroundings. Yeah. So we're kind of battling biology here. But what resilient people do is they look at a uncomfortable, challenging situation mm-hmm. and they're looking at it not with that negativity bias lens. They're mm. looking at it more holistically. So they're noticing the bad things that are happening and they're noticing the positive things that are happening as well. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, I know that for me, if I'm having a day, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really lucky. I get to drive down, you know, the top of the hill there um, near on the way to Hallett Cove. Yeah, yeah. So I get to drive down that hill every morning mm. on my way to work. And it's a beautiful view of the ocean yeah, on a gorgeous. sunny day. It's like my favorite part of the morning when I'm not having a day um, <laughs> yes. it's my favorite part of the morning I'm like oh look how nice the ocean looks today mm. oh, I can see all the way down to like out of hub this is very nice but if I'm having a day uh-huh. I'm not noticing that if I'm having a day I'm noticing the person who just cut me off in traffic yeah, or the 50 sure. million red lights that I've got <laughs> the red lights. or like how none of the traffic is moving on Brighton Road because of that railway crossing <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm frustrated and I'm not noticing the gorgeous view that I've just had that yeah. morning on this beautiful sunny day I'm just noticing the negative things yes. and so that's one thing that I like to challenge myself on when I'm mm. having a day is to be like Danny take a breath mm. breathe breathe <laughs> not everything is bad at the moment, start to notice the nicer things that are happening as well and kind of balance that holistically Mm -hmm. as well. I can relate to that too. I feel like you can. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're very good at that. (laughs) Yeah. But before I get to that point, my mind goes into the the lack of, I don't have enough time. Yes. This isn't good enough. Yeah. And then again, it's the same with the emotional resilience. Like Mm. the more I've practiced. Yes. I forgot what terminology you used for it, negativity bias. Yeah, negativity bias, yeah. Yeah. The more I've practised that, the easier it's become to Mm -hmm. do and I can feel my body get into that sense of lack and then just go, oh, okay. Yeah, take a breath or go move your body. Start to notice the small things that are actually really beautiful in this moment. Yes, and calling yourself out on that. Yeah. I have to call myself out constantly on stuff like that because it's so easy to fall into that that pattern of thinking because yeah. it, it feels nice to notice them. <laughs> like if you're in a mood, it feels nice to confirm the way that you're feeling, like secretly, yeah, not so secretly, but it does kind of feel nice yeah. to, yeah, to confirm the bad mood that we're See, in. See, it is another red yeah. light. See? Oh. Yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> so it's so much easier just to get really wrapped up into that really negative feeling. And it does take, it, everything is a choice. Yeah. Everything that we do is a choice. We can choose to really indulge that negative feeling mm-hmm. or we can choose to notice. Recognize it. Yeah, mm. exactly. Notice that, recognize it, call ourselves out and be like, you're not everything it. is bad. You're doing it You're again, doing the Danny. thing. Yeah. yeah. She is doing the thing. And this is the one thing that really made me think of you when I was writing up was yeah. about the practicing gratitude as mm-hmm. well. So that's how we can combat that negativity bias yeah. is by actively practicing, noticing the things yes. that we are grateful for. Yeah. And it can just be like the it smallest. It can be the tiniest things. things. Yeah. Like some sauce on your pasta. Yeah. Or the way you thought about riding a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> Children are the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just and I find that nature mm-hmm. for me and I think for a lot of people is yes. is one of the easiest ways to begin. Yes. Like looking out at a view, like yes. you're saying about the ocean or a bee going yeah. around a flower or yeah. you know, little things like that that you do actually yeah. have to focus your attention on. Yes. And you start to see the beauty in it. Yeah. And then Absolutely. That it's endless. Yeah. yeah. For me, the other day, it was, I, I was I was in a mood. Uh, um, <laughs> but I was in a mood because we have a family of plovers. Like, you know, those. Oh, those yes, the birds. birds. Yes. Yeah. And so we have a family of plovers and they keep having babies. And one of the parent plovers is broken because he obviously still thinks his baby is a baby, but it's actually a full oh. grown plover now. And he just, he's very <laughs> aggressive. Interesting. And so, like, he's like, maybe, maybe a lot of like, parents all can the time. To yeah. And I mean, I, I, like, the plover is a metaphor. No, yeah. it's a plover. <laughs> <laughs> and so the plover's just like carrying on and swooping me and my dog and I hate that bird and so then I I, I get into a mood about the plovers and I start Mm -hmm. to go on a rant about the plovers Mm -hmm. and and um then I I took that moment to be like wait stop take a breath Mm -hmm. and I actually noticed some I I really like these these black yellow-tailed cockatoos like oh amazing them at the moment yeah we've got heaps of them and they make the most beautiful sound and so it's like actually I'm really grateful I'm not grateful for the plovers Uh I'm really grateful for these beautiful black cockatoos and they make the most beautiful noise as well and so it's like it's the really really small things it doesn't have to be massive and And you don't have to like hold on to it and make it a big deal just taking that moment and be like yeah, the plovers are really annoying me. Mm. Actually, this is really nice about my situation as well where I live. So, yeah. 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 And that's such a good point too, mm. not making it something that's grand or like yes. something that you feel like you've had to work towards or earn, yes. like, you know, monetary things yeah. or, or things like that. Just, yeah. Yeah. Simple, really simple things. Natural things. And noticing them. And, and like we were saying before, like the more that we flex that mm. muscle, brain muscle, yeah. um, or it's actually more, the more that we strengthen that neural pathway is actually yeah. the correct terminology, nice. the easier it becomes over time yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that emotionally resilient people do is they ask themselves the question, is what I'm doing mm-hmm. helping or harming me? Mm. And again, that comes back to that self-awareness and calling ourselves out. Yes. And so, oh, yeah. yeah. And so I'm thinking about like, Things that we do to torture ourselves, like a good one that I can think of is like when you go through a breakup mm-hmm. and then you start to like stalk them on Instagram or stalk them and like a post from like 300 weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so like it's it's self-torturing. Like that it is. is not yeah. helping. That yeah. is harming. And it's at that point where you're just like, 
put down the phone, Mm -hmm. put down the phone. This is not helping. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, when we're studying for an exam and we're scared about failing and so we avoid studying. Yeah, that's the classic one, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. just avoiding the problem will go away. Mm. It doesn't go away. If you think about, you know, you rolled your ankle and then you keep showing up for sports practice. Mm-hmm. It's, you're, you're battling reality and you're not making a choice that's helping in the long yeah. term. You're hurting yourself yeah. again. Yeah. And so it's kind of about choosing to put yourself back in the driver's seat and put yourself back in control of your own narrative. Mm. It's like we're standing at that crossroad. There's a fork in the road and we can choose what we decide to do. So we can choose to go down the pathway where we're torturing ourselves Mm -hmm. and we're ruminating and looking at photos of our ex and seeing them in a happy new relationship. You can choose to do that. But if you you do that, know that that's your choice. You've chosen to do that. Or you can take the other path. Mm -hmm. So the other path at that fork in the road and go down the path of being like, put the phone down or pick up the the study book or Put your ankle in an ankle brace and, and elevate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rest, eyes, compression, elevation. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's about always asking yourself to focus on what you can do next. Mm. Asking yourself, is this helping or harming me and yeah. choosing what to do next. That's so true. Mm. I sometimes have to like record that visually for myself. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, write it down. Yeah. So that I feel like sometimes your brain, if you can see it, mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, that is... I'm looking at that choice now. Yes. Why would I? Why would I choose? Yeah. That path. Yeah. 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 And if you do go down that path, you chose. You chose it. it. You take. On I do the that sometimes. With you own it. Like yes. I'm mm. really tired. What yeah. right now? What would be a terrible thing for me to do is to eat something mm. really sugary that's going to make me crash even further. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. But it was a choice. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you and you own that choice. Mm. So how can we help support our young people to build emotional resilience? Mm. Mm. So as adults, we provide a vital role in supporting our young people Absolutely. and to help them build their emotional resilience mm-hmm. by you know, all of the things that we've just spoken about. That's things that we can help foster in our young people and our children so even the things that you're doing with your little ones Mm -hmm. just being able to help practice gratitude helping them build gratitude helps them to build their own emotional literacy and Mm. to kind of combat negativity bias and the first one that we're going to talk about is around role modeling self-compassion and Mm. self-respect oh such a big one and so we are our own worst critics. Mm. It is so easy for us to criticize ourselves and have poor self-esteem and to beat ourselves up when we make mistakes and to not be compassionate when we make those mistakes as well. By helping helping role models, self-respect and self-compassion helps them to build their own self-compassion and self-respect. So great to see, yeah, to be able to see your parents or your Mm. teachers or whoever Mm -hmm. the adult is even if it's verbally acknowledging like, oh, I'm thinking or mm-hmm. feeling this about myself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I should practice some kindness with myself or, you know, just yeah. verbalising your process of yes. what you're thinking yes. and feeling. Yeah. So important. And it's like when we make mistakes as well, being like, oh, 
I stuffed up there. Yeah, acknowledge that. Oh, well, I wonder what I can learn from this situation. Yeah. Like, how can I do it differently next time? Yeah. Oh, that's all right. I've made a mistake. I guess that's how we learn. Yeah. And so just kind of changing that narrative rather than being like, oh, I stuffed up. Oh, I can't believe I'm such an idiot. Like, mm-hmm. that's not helpful not for anyone. Not <laughs> and you, again, you're torturing yourself. So. Yeah. And so it's kind of a bit of a balancing act. So we want to help our young people to practice kindness towards themselves even when things don't happen the way that they expected. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we can help teens deal more positively with failures and mistakes and setbacks and other rough times by helping them practice self-compassion by being compassionate towards them as well. And so it's the balancing act comes from being able to validate the disappointment of them not achieving what they wanted to achieve Mm -hmm. and still encouraging that self-compassion and being like, I'm so sorry that didn't work out the way that you'd hoped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're a really, really strong person. I wonder what you can do to work towards the next thing. How can I help you do that? Mm. And just really being compassionate and encourage them to to be kind towards themselves. And if they start to say those negative things about themselves, helping them reframe that. Mm, Mm. Not important. So another thing that we can do is to help our young people to develop that sense of community and Mm. belonging. It's such a huge thing. And so it can be smaller things like sports clubs or like music clubs or arts clubs, drama clubs, things like that, Mm -hmm. encouraging them to feel a sense of belonging with their peers. Mm -hmm. And that could be a variety of different things, but it's all about finding ways to help them to build those connections with other people their own age or around their own age as well. Yeah. And so this way by having those good connections, they can build up trust mm-hmm. with people that they care about so that then they can talk about things that worry them or, yeah. or things that get them down yeah. and work through that with someone else. Another thing that we can do is to help them build that sense that uncomfortable things happen mm-hmm. and we can get through it. Yeah. yeah. And again, building that narrative that, you know, yeah, bad things are going to happen in life and painful things are going to happen and you're going to get through it. Yeah, it's inevitable. Yeah. It's going to happen. How can we get through it? And so it's about helping your your child to kind of feel those emotions and talk through them and soothe them after having those big feelings like anxiety and fear and anger, creating that safe space for them. Mm. Validate those emotions, things like, oh, you must be really disappointed by, you know, what happened or that sucks, I'm so sorry. And, or I feel really angry if that happened to me as well. Mm. And so like being able to really validate that, that, that experience for them and then help them kind of get through it. I'm just thinking of my youngest and that's happening even now and just the way they articulate like, Mm. yeah, I'm really mad because of this and sitting going, yeah, that's, that's so fair. Yeah. Of course you're really mad. (laughs) I love that. So Uh, mad. I Um, love that. She's able to articulate why she's mad as well. And I think, I don't know. I, I don't know. I haven't worked with teens, but mm. I feel like something sometimes shifts around adolescence yeah. in terms of how adults respond and react to yeah. adolescence, whether it's like, I don't know, we we change how we discipline or we feel like we need to assert more control or yeah. have some kind of is it that there's a higher expectation because they're older? Yeah, maybe it's yeah. that. Yeah. And it's that's interesting because I, I think it's, it's really important to keep 
doing what we do. We just, yeah. the language changes, yeah. but the core messaging doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. The validation needs to keep coming yeah. Um, because kids' brains, like our brains aren't fully developed until we're 25. Exactly. So we're still learning how to cope with these big feelings mm. because our brains aren't fully developed and us as the adults have to still step in and help yeah. out. And even those whose brains are fully developed, like mm-hmm. we're still learning how to Absolutely. navigate those Constantly. things. Yeah. And then I guess the final thing is not sheltering our young people from every possible negative thing mm-hmm. that can Huge. or does happen. Yeah. Because that's how, again, that's how we learn resilience. And so obviously be logical with this one. We're not, yeah. we're not throwing Don't them in the deep them end. Big risks, no, like, no. Hoping that they'll. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, Go it's, and grow. It's, it's the mild controlled yeah. distresses. So, you know, it's about if they're having a falling out with a friend, validate their disappointment and help them to problem solve yeah. through it before just jumping in and rescuing them. Yeah. Or if they're feeling stressed about an exam or test, get them to go sit it anyway. Yes. Even if they fail, even if they get don't get the grade that they want to get, go do it anyway. And we can learn yeah, from that yeah. experience as yep. well. And so it's a quote unquote normal part of development. Mm. Um, we want them to learn that we can feel uncomfortable emotions and that they don't last forever. Yeah. As well. That's the big message though, isn't it mm. too? That like this is not. This isn't going to be like this forever. Yeah. Um, it's constantly going to evolve and yeah. change. And yeah. it's one thing that I like to say to the young people that I work with is that our emotions and our feelings and our thoughts, they're kind of like the weather. So they mm, kind of come and go like the, the dark clouds come through the storm like rages in and then it blows past and it's Mm. replaced by maybe like some nice white fluffy clouds and then for a while there's a clear sky there's nothing going on and then the dark storm clouds roll in again so like it's constantly evolving Mm. it's constantly changing it never stays the same yeah it comes and goes and the other part of that metaphor is that you know sure this the weather system is our emotions but who we are as a person isn't isn't dictated by the emotions that we feel yeah. as well. They're yeah. two separate things. Yeah. So who we are, we are not the weather system. We're actually the sky behind the clouds. Nice. Love yeah. that metaphor. I know. Take that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really nice yeah. as well. I, I can't, you can't credit me on that. I, I sure. got it from some acceptance <laughs> and commitment therapy website. Yeah. I'm like, that is beautiful. I'm going to start using it. Yeah. Everyone needs to know it's this. Great. So yeah, our uncomfortable emotions, they come and go mm. and we do get through them. Yeah. And sometimes we do need a little bit of help. That's all we have time for today. But thank you so much, Claire, for coming in today. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me here. It's been so nice chatting with you and I love talking about stuff. We're going to leave some resources in the show notes, so check them out from wherever you access your podcasts. And thank you for tuning in to our episode today. Toodaloo for now. Bye. Bye.